The world can't help but pay attention to Africa's entertainers. We do it like nobody else can. My name is Vimbai Mutimiri Ekpenyong, and I'm here to bring you access to the continent's biggest celebrities. From music superstars to iconic actors to the most well-known African names, you can hear them all on The A-List with Vimbai every single Thursday at 6.30 p.m. only on ZFM Stereo. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to another hot and exciting edition of the A-List with Vimbai, exclusive to ZFM Stereo. My name is Vimbai Mutiniri Epeyong, and it's another Thursday. Really, really excited to get you into the mix of all the biggest things happening on the African continent. So without further ado, listen, it's still the month of love, and some of our favorite celebs are still doing the absolute most to step on our necks about being booed up. Yep, they do that. This time, it's time. Tanzanian songstress Vanessa MD and her honey Rotimi. You remember him? He was in power. Anyway, she recently gave birth to their first child and her baby daddy has gifted her a mansion with half a million dollars in Florida. Dollars. The American one. No. Hmm. Must be nice. Now, can somebody say drunk in love? Their love story is shaping up to be a beautiful happily ever after. Now over to West Africa where Casey's brother E-Money celebrated his 50th birthday in grand style. Now you remember Casey, he sang the Oya Limpopo, Oya Oya See, I'm doing that singing thing again. I must be stopped. Anyway, it's almost a decade since that song was a hit, but it was clear at the party that his entire family is still rocking A-list status as all the who's who of Nigeria showed up in grand style. Now get this, the celebrant arrived with his family in a Rolls Royce that emerged from the ground in the middle of the venue, darling. Kevin the Planner, are you taking notes, darling? We must see this recreated in our own shores, okay? Now, somebody say money, 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 money. Happy birthday, (laughs) E-Money. See what I did there? On a more somber note, the entire continent continues to be engaged in conversation about men's mental health after the tragic passing of South African star Ricky Rick. Now, one of his friends anonymously narrated how she would often find him sitting alone in a corner of the room. She reflects on how when she asked him why he would say he needed to withdraw from people in order to salvage his energy to maintain a blessed face for people and his job. It seems the more we learn about this horrible story, the more tragic his death becomes. May his soul rest in peace. Now we're going to try to lift the mood just a little bit with today's conversation. Now all the focus is on Nollywood breakout star from the Netflix series King of Boys. It's time for us to get up close and personal with Adet Tiger himself. It's Titi Kuti, up close and personal, exclusively on ZFM Stereo. This is The A-List with Mumbai. The world can't help but pay attention to Africa's entertainers. We do it like nobody else can. My name is Vimbai Mutimiri Ekpenyong, and I'm here to bring you access to the continent's biggest celebrities. From music superstars to iconic actors to the most well-known African names, you can hear them all on The A-List with Vimbai every single Thursday at 6.30 p.m. only on ZFM Stereo. And this is the A-List with Mumbai right here on ZFM Stereo. I'm so excited about the conversation we're having today because it is with 
one of those people have you ever watched a film or a series that makes you feel like you you, you know one of the characters just sucks you right in and they make you feel invested and emotional and uh, that's exactly what titi kuti did for me when i was watching king of boys the return of the king on netflix titi kuti played the role of ade tiger ade tiger how are you today i'm good how are you I'm very good. I'm, okay, so how do you feel about people referring to you as your character name and not your real life name? Well, I'd say it's a welcome development. You can't separate one from from the other. Not right now. Um, it simply means that the character gives the people such an experience that they feel that much attached. So up until the next time that I come up with a more uh, more captivating character, Adi Tiger is welcome. Here you are. You're you're new to a lot of people uh, who saw you on on the King of Boys, but you're by no means at all new to uh, to Nollywood and to the industry. Uh, I know there's a colorful story as to how you landed this role. Take me through it. How did you end up on possibly one of the biggest Netflix franchises to ever come out of Africa? You need to get your scriptwriter down so they can jot it into a film script because it, it is quite a story. I hope you've trademarked it, registered it, made sure nobody can take the story from you. Well, I got to take permission from Kemi Aditiba in that regard too. <laughs> but we'll get to that when we're about to shoot the film. But I'll just summarize, all right? Um, basically, I'd met the lead character, Shola Shubali, as uh, as a producer. And as an actor, we actually worked together. The first time we worked together was on an African Magic um, series called um, hustle, where I was an associate producer, and the second time we were going to work together was on the remake of a 90s blockbuster called Palace, where I also played the lead character as her child. So we had built a relationship from there. I met Kemadeti by the day I went on set. They had started filming KOB, but I was on MTV Sugar as a, as a, as a line producer then, and our camps were like two streets from themselves. So I went to pay visit since we were so close by and that's how it happened um she was excited to receive me five minutes after i walked in came here to bar walks into the room till today i don't know if it was orchestrated <laughs> she never confessed or admitted to it but i know that something about all that transpired definitely was fishy so kemi walked in and then we had the conversation and then myself and kemi had met over the phone through a mutual friend who is the producer of um, Big Brother Nigeria, her name is Uche Kejimba. Mm-hmm. So she knew my name and then she was happy to eventually meet me in person. And then at some point, the conversation gravita- gravitated to me um, being a physical embodiment of how she perceived Adi Tiger when she was writing the film. And then next thing, her brother walks in and offers me a contract. And then I'm like, you can't give me a contract to somebody else that's already filming Adi Tiger. And I'm not... I'm not cut out for spoiling people's chances. We, mm. we can always have uh, several other opportunities to do more things. And then he was like, oh, before he came up to meet me, he had got to meet the character playing Adi Tiger, paid him full remuneration for the two scenes he had um, he had acted. And in addition to that, gave him uh, some sort of uh, inconvenience uh, uh, parting, parting fee. So the character, only the person who initially played, who was supposed to play actually, I was on set for two days, did two scenes, and got full payment for the job in addition to an inconvenience pay, just to step aside for me to step up. And that's when I knew they were serious. And then from there, I was given the script. I told him I would need three days thereabout to absorb the script and the character Bible just so I can 
get a feel of it. And Kim, is there no problem? The only thing we would request of you is that you spend your three days here. So um, a courtesy visit to um, Shalashibu Ali ended up as my nailing the rules as a tiger because I didn't go home afterwards. <laughs> and that was it. So there's something that resonated with me, which is that, um, you know, we hear so much about how cutthroat the industry needs to be, how, you know, you need to always yeah. be ready to grab opportunities and so forth. And it stands out to me that you were not ready to take food off of anybody else's plate, even for an opportunity as massive as this. You know, yeah. how, how realistic um, is the perception that we have that, you know, to make it in an industry as huge as Nollywood, um, to be successful, that y- you've got to be ruthless? Well, I think that's... Um, we'll have to break that perception down to the individual. It's more individualistic than general. Um, no doubt about it. Because of the way the industry is structured at the moment and the nature of uh, how opportunities come rarely it's it's a dog eat dog situation eight out of ten times but who you are sometimes would always still um would always still come to light eventually for me even before king of boys or before acting or you know, i've had several opportunities in different aspects of the industry I've had opportunities pass me by, you know, so, I mean, I come from a place of experience. These things come and go. Uh, you know, and I've done some, I've, I've had some opportunities that passed me that I thought were the world, and then bigger things came afterwards. So as long as, you're, as long as your heart is sincere about what you're trying to do and why you're doing it, the universe has this way of playing its own part. And that's the way I see things. So in all honesty, I wasn't going to take on Adi Tiger as King, in King, I wasn't going to do it. As much as I liked the narrative or the boldness of Kemi Aditiba, I'm, attract, I'm attracted to risk-taking people. I'm attracted to guts. So I was, I was, I was encapsulated by her guts with an attempt to tell the story of, uh, of, uh, well, a mix of a villain and a hero in such an unusual way from what we are familiar with in this part of the world. I, I didn't think it was enough reason for me. If, if somebody else had reprioritized their time and had made themselves available and had negotiated and had been engaged contractually and was already on set filming, that's not something I can do. Because, I mean, but look at how it played out. I, I wasn't the one that took the opportunity from the person. Although I'm sure at some point, maybe he must have watched and it's like, you know, this role was supposed to be mine. He will have felt some type of way, but it may not have been the same for him if he had gone ahead with it. So I did my part as a human being first, and then the universe did its part for who it was ready to present for that opportunity. So it's it's, it's more individual than than um, than general. I mean, it's a dog eat dog uh, situation. I'm not going to lie to you. Like people do, like I can't even. If some of the things I've heard people do for opportunities are unimaginable, just so they can break even. I mean, the more you try, the more desperate you get. I know these things, but in the end of it all, it's all it all boils down to the individual. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one thing about you is that you're extremely focused, you're intentional, you, you have a solid head on your shoulders, if I do say so myself. And so, uh, you know, I'm curious, what are the next moves uh, for Titi Kuti 
from here i mean you've got this massive platform the entire world is watching i think that's the great thing about these digital platforms so you know what are the next steps you're taking as the world watches and kind of we're holding our breath to see what your next move well the truth is it's the same it's the same agenda not changed just more opportunities are presented and more conversations are are coming to light now allowing me to speed up some things the whole idea is to continue to serve the world with my craft, both on and off screen. That's the that's the motive. So if I'm ever going to make a mark in this generation or in this lifetime, or in this world, if I'm ever, if I'm ever going to have a, uh, a, a footprint in the sound of time, it's going to be with this with this with this career, with this core. So that's not going to change. That's what it's on. So I mean, you see me on your screen as an actor. You would see some projects I would produce, and, and it continues like that. So it's the same focus. Yeah, and and I know that you're involved behind the scenes as well. Are we any any plans for that? Are you gonna because we know that the trajectory normally, you know, with Nollywood is that you see some of your favorite characters in front of the camera, and then the next step is behind the scenes and so forth. You know, is that your trajectory, or are you kind of just taking every opportunity? So the truth is, for Nollywood, most times uh, what I've seen is that actors fall back to producing as some sort of a retirement plan when they have moved their career to some certain level and then you know time and chance is in favor of other people with as far as opportunities are concerned because nobody is going to remain an a-lister for the rest of life so it is then they start to gravitate towards producing i on the other hand i've had the opportunity to learn production while i was acting so, I mean, I learned the retirement plan in the process. So I'm not just going to throw that uh, experience away. As I spoke to you, I have my own... Before I came back to Nigeria from, from Toronto, I I was in the process of shooting my own short film, my very first short film. And it was centered around cultural, inclu- cultural inclusion, multiculturalization, and, you know, general things that the Western world are trying to push positively to unite people. So I had to kind of put that on hold to come to Nigeria just for... I think three weeks or a month to shoot with Netflix and a few other people. And then one month has, has turned into three months. So it's um it's a continuous process. I'm not going to, I mean, as much as I'm, I'll be on your screen, I would also be behind the scenes doing my own projects because there are some projects, like I intend to shoot my own film that I will not even start in. Like I'll probably just do a cameo like Quentin Tarantino does, maybe like a one scene, but I do a proper audition, discover new talents. The whole, the goal is to, I mean, look back 10 years from now and see how much impact you've made, how much people are reasoning through your platform or even if not directly through your platform, through just drawing inspiration from who you are. How many, you know, crew members who legit, legit, legitimately have interest in being on screen have got to develop themselves just by seeing what has happened to me. That's the dream. That's the dream. You know, you just made me think of something. And I wonder, you know, what drives you more between the cash, making money uh, out of this, uh, your career, your chosen career, or, you know, impact and the importance around the roles that you're choosing. So would you choose, let's say there's a really fluffy character, really fluffy role that you're not crazy about, but they're ready to give you gazillions of US dollars. Uh, versus a role that you yeah. know you know is going to be powerful and impactful and inspire people you know where, where do you draw the line between those two options? yeah so let let me correct you on what drives me it's neither of the two both of them are directions from a starting point 
And the starting point for me is passion. That is what drives me. So it is when passion will lead to the choices you make, either in, uh, in the direction of uh, financial favoritism or in the direction of impact. So for me, passion is the drive. Impact is 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 uh, is 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 the journey process. I mean, impact is not is all encompassing. It's not it's not it's not um, it's not it's not a tangible thing that you can hold. It's not. It's a, it's part of a journey. That's what impact is. So, passion is what drives me, and the passion for this craft. My passion is tilted towards leaving a footprint in the sand of time before anything else. As I explained earlier, there's a there's a way the universe works. It is so fair and so unfair at the same time, which means at some points it will give you, at some points it will take from you. So. There will not be only one opportunity to make gazillions in the line of this career. You know, there will be there will always be those chances. But what is your reason? It is your reason that decides the energy that you send into the universe, and that is what comes back to you. So there are people who have made gazillions from this same trade by taking some opportunities, and ten years down the line, they are miserable. Even with the gazillions, they are still miserable. You get. And I don't want that to be my story. As much as I need money to run myself, I mean, it's an expensive trade. You know, it requires a lot of financial investments to sustain and all of that. I don't want my story 10 years down the line or 20 years down the line to be that guy who made a lot of money from taking the wrong opportunities. And, you know, and then the legacy is, the legacy is off trajectory. That is in me. I don't know if those, I mean, from the few that I've had, like I've legit had projects that have presented a lot of money, which naturally people will expect you to just, you know, take advantage of. And, you know, I was honest to the beat. I didn't take more than what was my deal, especially when I was a producer. Example, I think when I was on Nigeria's Got Talent Season 2, I had about 11 million running through me every other day during the audition stages. And every single, <coughs> excuse me, every single dime of what that money was used for was accounted for non-missing. So I've had those temptations even before I came on screen. I, I don't think it is now that I would put um I'll put I'll put a legacy over money. I don't think it is now. Although I will try to find a way to marry it. That's what I will try to do because with a lot of money uh, comes a lot of resources for you to do so much to speed up so many things. Like if I have a gazillion dollars from a project now projects that will have probably have taken me another four, five, six, seven, ten years to accomplish. I can speed it up. And then that trickles down to the impact, that trickles down to the amount of people it will touch like that, like that. And then I can move on to something else even bigger. So that's what I would try to do. I would try to marry it, see if we can find a way to, you know, to align the finances with the purpose. And But if, if he absolutely cannot, it's going to be a difficult decision to just stick with the finances alone. That's not, that's not who I am. The philosophy of Titi Kuti. I absolutely love it. Now, uh, as we round up, I'd like to find out from you. I'm a, I'm a KOB, part of the KOB army. I'm yeah. a big fan of the film. What was your, of the series rather, oh, for, oh, yeah. favorite moment shooting on set? The one moment that you were like, yo, when we were doing this scene, it was spiritual. Um, so I would say that 
every moment was every moment felt that way. Every moment. As a matter of fact, some of the special, most special moments of Kilby. Ah, Titi, you can't say that. You have to choose one. No, I'm serious. I know. I see the I know everybody's expecting me to say uh, episode seven, where you know Shalashu Bali held my head, and I was like, till I die. That is what y'all felt on screen. It doesn't mean there ain't other scenes that have the same strength of passion. Let me give you one example. Look at the scene in episode two where she had just arrived and I walked her into the house, into the, you know, they're taking the house and all of that. And then she was telling me that, no you know, what I've done, <laughs> done for her, what I've done for her, even if, uh, 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 how biological children cannot do more. And if you notice in the scene, that's probably the only scene where I almost shed a tear. And then I had to remember that I was at the tiger again, and then I sent it back. So there were powerful scenes. There were there were there were lots of powerful scenes. Kelby was a, was a, was a, was an emotional investment for everybody. Everybody. So if if I if to pick one would be unfair. To so many others. So many others. I mean, look at the scene at the dining table, where you know I was legitimately angry with her that she was she was paying too much attention to politics and all of that, and the, her world was crashing, and I was finding it difficult to hold to hold everything together. I mean, those, those are passionate, those are passionate moments. Passionate. But if, if, if you're talking about the one that has the strongest visual appeal on screen, definitely episode seven. That scene has a story of its own. I'll give you a brief of it. We actually shot that scene seven times. Or when we attempted to shoot it, it was on the seventh time we achieved it. Because the location we used um, takes about nine hours for our direction to set up. And then every time that we get there, all the actors that arrive on set, immediately we're about to start rolling, rain starts to fall. And the rain does not stop until morning. No way. So, Tom and this happened five it. times. Yes, it happened five. On the sixth time, Reminis had an accident on his way to set. So, I mean, so if you, if you, I mean, this, yeah, this, this story of KOB, trust me, it was just something that had to happen. It was a defining moment. Nothing short of that. It was a moment in the history of time. It was a moment. And that moment, that moment has, even from now, the moment is branching out into, so there are so many conversations going on now. So many other platforms have the confidence to come to Nigeria. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine on the, on the set that I currently am. And as it is, Amazon Prime is in Nigeria. Yep, that's right. And there's two more people who are planning to come. Because what happened? Netflix made a killing from the success of KOP. So doors have been open. People have more access to these people. You know, there's there's a legitimate opportunity for our narratives, for our stories to reach a global audience now. And all the producers are charged. And that's the reason why, if you notice, most of the films that were released after KOP to the end of last year, there were very few of them that had, but it's not like those films are not good, but there's a new standard. So the films to look out for are films that will come out from May, June this year that are in the works right now. Okay, so that's a little bit of, of uh, inside scoop for us. So the, we know the second Absolutely. half of the year is going to have um, some, some incredible films. And you know what? We're also just excited uh, that hopefully soon this can lead to, to, to the industry opening up for other countries, countries like Zimbabwe. Uh, you know, right Absolutely. Now, obviously there's a huge domination with Nigeria and South Africa. Um, 
you know the better movies that are produced everywhere else then i do hope that all these big platforms will be more willing to take a chance on on new new industries and new markets as well but having said that titi this has been incredible i absolutely appreciate your time i i love everything you say you speak with so much power and conviction um and i have no doubt in my mind that this is one this is an interview i'll probably be in the archives and you know five years down the line you'll probably be walking down the red carpet at the oscars and i'll be like wait we need to go back to that interview okay <laughs> yay <laughs> So I'll, really I'll, I'll remember Vim by Setsu when the time comes. I'll you remember. I'll be, I'll be expecting my shout out. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But um, absolutely, listen, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. I know you, you've got some conversations in the pipeline about coming to Zimbabwe. Fingers crossed. Um, so, yep. are you in a position to maybe give us a bit of a teaser about, you know, what you might be coming for, or is it still too early? Well, I'm um, not. It's, it, I won't say it's too early, but the truth is. I'm not the one that engages in those conversations. I have management that they speak to. So um, what, I, what I do mostly is to, I focus on the creative part. Uh, I focus on delivery. That's it. So give me my delivery booth and I'll show up and do what I got to do. So those conversations are going on now. I'm not paying any attention because I'm on set filming at the moment. Yeah. So uh, when, once, it's, once it's ripe and everything, is, it'll be out, it'll, it'll be out in the news. If you're in the news, so that much is for real. Hopefully, it's comfortable. I'm sure it will. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And thank you so much for taking time out of your chaotic schedule uh, for us. <laughs> for the FM and, of course, for the people of Zimbabwe. Titi Kuti, thank you so much. Yes, sir. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Zimbabwe. So much love from you guys. I love you guys. This one Africa, always. Let's stay united. Let's keep collaborating and let's take the world stage. The world can't help but pay attention to Africa's entertainers. We do it like nobody else can. My name is Vimbai Mutimiri Ekpenyong and I'm here to bring you access to the continent's biggest celebrities. From music superstars to iconic actors to the most well-known African names, you can hear them all on The A-List with Vimbai every single Thursday at 6.30pm only on ZFM Stereo. See.